Today we talk about a story that will have you saying, wait, what? Dahlia DiPolito, former escort, turned lover, turned wife, all until she hires a hit out on her own husband. Stay tuned as we uncovered all the crazy details. So the story we're going to talk about today was suggested by a fan. Thank you, Sarah from Lincoln Park, Michigan. Let me tell you, I'm glad she sent us this because what you're about to hear, you can't make this shit up. Yeah, thank you. That You were completely right about that. I mean, just just wait, people. But yeah, as we unravel like all the twists and turns of Dahlia and Mike DiPolito, we are sipping on some Canyon Road Moscato. This was donated by another fan, Jack Winston from Flat Rock. So thank you, Jack, for the wine. <laughs> Cheers. Um, Cheers. Both of them are awesome listeners. Um, yeah, and they just helped us out with this week's show, and we appreciate it. So thank you. Everyone may know Dahlia DiPolito from the news after being caught trying to hire a hitman to kill her husband. But the real name is Dahlia Mohammed. She was 13 when she moved to the gated community of Boynton Beach, Florida with her mother. Her father is Egyptian and her mother is Peruvian. Is that right? Yes. She has a brother, Amar, and a sister, Samira. Dahlia's mother expresses in a 2020 interview that Dahlia had big dreams of just wanting the American dream of being a mother and a wife. She wanted to be happy and have kids. Well, she did, but too bad her son didn't come until one year before she was set to go to trial for solicitation to commit first-degree murder. So then, Dahlia walks into his life. So when Dahlia walks into Mike's life, this is where he should have ran completely the other way. They had been married around only four months when she decided she was over it. She did not want to be married anymore, which is fine, although he didn't know that. Why do you ask? Well, because she still wants his money, his condo. Oh, Dahlia. Dahlia, Dahlia. She will do whatever it takes to get what she wants and when she wants it. Mm-hmm. So, Mike and Dahlia, they could have had it all. Well, that's if she wasn't stealing his money and setting him on fake drug phone calls and trying to get him caught on breaking probation charges. But besides that, they could have been happy. Mike states that at one point he thought they had a happy marriage and the honeymoon stage never ended. They never fought. Um, She offered to help him get rid of his $191,000 debt that he owed back in clients. And he was elated, which we'll explain his debt just here in a little bit. She tells him to give her small payments in between six dollars and $8,000 so that it doesn't make any waves with the IRS. They had separate bank accounts, so if things got messy, that it was easier to clean up. 
Once enough money accumulated in their bank accounts, Dahlia was supposed to wire an entire amount of $191,000 to his attorney. But Michael Enton, who was his lawyer, told the police that when Dahlia came in, she would not hand the money over as promised. Instead, she demanded her husband give her $90,000 in cash first, so he withdrew it from his own bank account and in return, she handed him a cashier's check for what he thought was $191,000. But in the end, it turned out to be a check for $191. This is just the beginning of it, people. Scam. Oh. There are a number of things about this that don't make sense. Like, why he had $90,000 in cash and his bank account that he also just paid his wife $72,000 yet had another $90,000 laying around. If he had all that money, why did he need to borrow the money in the first place? Couldn't he have just paid his full restitution with his own money? Well, it would have cleaned them out making them have to start completely over with nothing from scratch. And I guess in Miami, starting from nothing is literally starting from, is like broke, broke. Like, I guess it was out of the question. But he didn't have a reason to question her. So she had a job in real estate. She was going a couple of times a week to show properties and was about to close on one. That was part of the attraction that he liked about her. She was independent. She did her thing. Um, I'm not sure at this point if, where she was in the escort service. I know she was still doing it, but parts of me thinks that she was more of a madam, like more of a sending out other girls instead of actually doing the dirty work, but I don't know 100% where she lied in that. Um, during the trial, they were not allowed to bring that up. Mike would ask Dahlia a lot, where is the money? How come it hasn't been cleared? She always answered with excuses like it was in a Cayman Islands account to save on fees. She even made fake receipts to show him from it looking like that it was a reversed back to her account. Like they didn't accept it. Um, It was just always something. So Mike Enton, his lawyer, must have stolen it then. She would call his office asking about the money. Mike gave her three weeks and told her, listen, get your shit straight. Or find the money, whatever you got to do, but shit's going to hit the fan here real quick. He just wanted off probation, and it should be done by now. Sometime later, Dahlia finally admitted to losing the money after Mike told her he didn't trust her, and she was moving out. Dahlia admitted she used it on an offshore account trying to make money off of it. I got scammed. Instead of getting mad, which a normal person would, because, I mean, it's only $191,000. Yeah, just some just some small change, yeah. some small pocket change. He felt like, okay, well, we're getting summer. She's coming clean. Yeah. No. No, Mike. <laughs> so she promised him the money would be made up on her commission's check off the houses that she was selling. When Boynton Pol- <clears throat> Beach Police officers searched Dahlia DiPolito's safe deposit box, they actually found a bank payment requested in the amount of $191,000 that was dated March 3rd, 2009. 
The client's name was D. Mohammed, which, like, put two and two together, <laughs> Dahlia, her maiden name, Mohammed. Um, and the beneficiary's name was Mike Enton, which was Michael DiPolito's attorney. So Enton told the police that the money was never wired to his account. Um, Michael DiPolito said that he had never seen that document before. So a lot of sketchiness going on already, just right in the beginning of the, the marriage. But kind of flashback to them meeting in October 2008. Mike, who was then 38, um, he was feeling kind of lonely when his wife at the time was out of town gross um <laughs> but so he called up an escort service in west palm beach florida and to his surprise a very beautiful woman showed up at the door and you know he noticed that she used her real name not some cheesy name like you know heaven or candy um she went by dahlia which was her actual name she was 26 at the time and they hit it off immediately uh, he made plans to see her the next day, actually, and then when they had sex that time, it was, he was on the house, it was free, so, just for pure enjoyment. Um, and they spent the next few days together talking and hanging out, pretty much not leaving the bedroom at all. Um, although, at first, they claimed to meet at Starbucks. Guys, <laughs> yep. as you tell. <laughs> yup. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's a good cover-up for instead of saying, you know, I cheated on my um, first wife with an escort. But, you know, Starbucks it is. But, yeah, it didn't take long after that for them to become a couple. Two weeks, to be exact, when they filed for divorce on his then-wife. And just months after that, they were married on February 2nd, 2009, after Mike gave Dahlia a $20,000 engagement ring. Starting off strong. Mm. <laughs> and they were then living together in Boynton Beach townhome uh, that he had bought. Now, Mike was no stranger to the law himself. In 1993, Philadelphia, he was arrested for possession and manufacture with intent to deliver an unknown drug. And then again, in 1997, he was arrested for soliciting prostitution he pled guilty, and the court records are kind of unclear about what his sentencing was for that particular arrest. Um, in 2002, from a Boca Raton apartment, he ran a telemarketing business that preyed on strangers as far away as like Ohio, Illinois, California, basically convincing people over the phone to invest in his, like, booming foreign currency options market of 2001. Um, and at least a dozen customers wired money to DiPolito's corporate bank account in Jacksonville. Some sent, like, $16,000 or $20,000. One man even sent $25,000. But sadly for them, that money was never invested in foreign currency like they were promised. Um, it just went right to Michael. Um, he splurged on hotel rooms, clothes, jewelries. I mean, he spent more than $6,000 on pay-by-the-minute chat rooms, which included, like, psychic and phone sex hotlines, which, like, oh, that's what you're going to spend all that money on? <laughs> not only that, how hot can a phone sex be? Like, <laughs> seriously, $6,000. That's crazy. 
Um, and according to court documents filed against him, DiPolito's companies collected a total of more than $200,000 in about 11 months. So yeah, when you get those scam likely calls, uh, don't invest in anything, please. Don't, yeah. You need like hardcore evidence that if you're investing into something, that's what it is. Yeah, I think in a lot of you'll hear in the trial and you'll hear her say, they call it the boiler room scheme. So I think it's just kind of like you give him money, he shuffles it around, but you really don't get anything back out of it. So messed up. But a Broward Sheriff's detective arrested DiPolito um, in March of 2002 for that, and he later pleaded guilty to charges of organized fraud and unlicensed telemarketing. He was sentenced to two years in state prison, but served only seven months, um, thanks to the time, I guess, that he'd already spent in jail awaiting trial. And at that time, he was then put on probation, and he's still on it until 2032, and he has to pay restitution every month to all of those victims. And, you know, the way Mike seemed, it was like he learned a hard lesson, and he was really trying to work on bettering himself and writing his past. Yes, it did. It sounded like he he learned his lesson in prison. Yeah. But on the morning of March 12th, just over a month into the marriage, Michael and Dahlia got a knock at the door from Mike's probation officer, and the two deputies, because they received multiple calls from an anonymous source saying they were selling steroids and ecstasy from the house, they came with a warrant and began searching the house. If it were true, Michael could have been sent back to prison for over 10 years. However, no illegal substance were found, luckily. The next weekend, Dio went to go on to a spontaneous weekend trip to Palm Beach. So they went and they stayed at this luxury hotel that Saturday night. However, the next morning when... They were waiting for them. They were waiting for them in the parking lot, stating that they received an anonymous call that he was dealing drugs out of his car. They searched the vehicle, but once again, nothing. Two weeks later, on Sunday, March 29th, in 2009, they went for dinner at City Place. And this is an Italian restaurant a few miles from home in West Palm Beach. They had been shopping. They were out all afternoon. So they were like, hey, Let's just stop here in the city, get a nice dinner. So, like, okay. So, they're at dinner, and some goon just keeps staring at him, like, like right out of The Godfather or <laughs> Sopranos or something, just this mob, beefy guy. And the dude, uh, Mike's like, dude, like, what is with this guy? Like, why does he keep staring at me? But, again, they just... Shrugged it off, and they headed back to the parking garage where they were met by a dozen or so cops, 30 feet away from his slate gray SUV. Mike even jokes like, this must be for us. (laughs) So before they get to the truck, they are stopped by a police officer. Mike tells him, listen, before we go any further, just so you know, this is the second time this has happened to me in two weeks. He allowed them to search the truck, and of course, again, nothing. The cops noticed Dahlia looking, Dahlia looking more like annoyed and just kind of like couldn't be bothered. So they decided to go get the dog sniffer, and they got a hit behind the wheel. 
Not only did this not make sense for Mike, because he doesn't even know how to remove it, let alone take it off and put it back on, but whoever did it, they put it back on backwards. So that was kind of like a eyebrow raising. And then also the cops found a gram and a half of Coke in a cigarette box. Again, Mike doesn't smoke, so why would it be in the cigarette box behind the wheel? So Mike was shocked. He even cried a little. The cops noticed how surprised he actually looked like it wasn't fake. Um, and so after talking with the female officer, she kind of pulled him aside away from everybody. And they were taking note that Mike had warned them about they may find something due to his previous events had just occurred. But he's six years sober he offered to take a test. They will see that he's clean. The officers noted that he could have snorted that gram and then went and just bought more later, let alone taking the hassle to put it in a non-convenient spot to begin with and to go through all that for just like a little tiny kilo. Like, right, yeah. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. They Okay, so they're like, you know what? We're just going to let you go, but watch your back, buddy. Like, somebody is out for you. So, and like we talked about, he, this was not the first failed drug bust. So, Mike is now collecting paperwork from the police every time he gets stopped or something. So, he's got a little stat going on. <laughs> um, on the drive home, he asks Dahlia if she did this to him. Now, instead of being an adult and talking to him about it, she acted like a child. She wouldn't look at him. She got really angry, and she revved the car on the freeway up to over 100 miles per hour and just screamed. And Mike was like, whoa, just pull over. Pull your shit over and basically, like, calmed her down. So that was another, like flag for me that's like a dead giveaway i feel like if someone asks you if you did something and then you just like pout and like freak out i feel like that's their that's their answer like okay yes you did something because if she didn't she'd be like oh my gosh i can't believe you would think that i would do that like no i would never do that to you like trying to comfort him because he's the one going through all this stuff i don't know shady shady But, you know, kind of like, I didn't do it. Didn't do it, Mike. It wasn't me. You guys will hear that later. Yeah. So, Dahlia was involved with two other men, as well as her husband. So, bachelor number one, come on down. We have Mike Stanley. He is her former lover, slash ex-boyfriend, slash current lover. I don't know where he stands, honestly. But... Even though he doesn't seem too former to me, um, you will see, and I've we found that there are a lot of romantic texts still being exchanged between Mike Stanley and Dahlia, and uh, they were obtained as evidence in the plot to kill her husband. At one point in the courtroom during the trial, you can hear a text being read. Daya, I have always wanted you. You're my unicorn. To which Daya replied, I want you as my anchor in my life. You're the hub. You're the center. 
diatom. I, the sooner we get he gets jammed up, the sooner we can be in paradise, baby. So, I mean, clearly there's that. <laughs> Gross. Doesn't sound too uh, former to me, but... Yeah. <laughs> According to the Daily Mail, prosecutors claimed that in addition to their lewd text exchange... DiPilato also recruited Stanley to help her get away with stealing money from him. The next morning, she announced to Mike that she was pregnant. This made Mike Michael so excited that they both went shopping to get prepared for the baby. Started buying baby stuff pretty much immediately, talking baby names, you know, the baby fever stuff you get. However, Daya had a plan up her sleeve. She got in touch with Mike Stanley... Mike was going to pretend to be a lawyer, call Mike, and explain that in order to get him off of probation, he would have to put the name of his condo in her name, which Michael convinced Mike. By the way, there's three different Michaels going on here. So so many Mikes in this story. <laughs> so Mike Stanley, her ex, convinced her husband, Michael DeFilato, to do this, and he fell for it, so... He did. She also had Mike Stanley impersonate a doctor to cover up the fact that she had stolen the $100,000 from her husband and was not really pregnant. Um, So she used him to cancel doctor's appointments at last minute. Anytime they were planning on going and Mike was going to go, her husband, he would call and have to cancel it, which he found kind of sketchy, but... Again, I don't think he really pressed hard on that. Yeah. After Stanley got the house in her name, he was cut off. He wasn't involved with it no more. They didn't talk. And, uh, yeah, there was no explanation given to him. She just kind of wrote him off. So the way they did it is called spoofing. And so what spoofing is is when a caller deliberately falsifies the information transmitting to your caller ID to display a different name or disguise their identity. Scammers often actually use this. Um, It can bounce off like your neighborhood so that it appears that it's coming from a local number by where you live or a company, a government agency, someone you already know, someone you already trust. If you answer it, they can use scam scripts to try to steal your money or your personal information which can be used in fraudulent activity. Um, I watched a little video on this, and you got to be careful with your stuff, man. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know that this was just a thing anybody could do, like sp- like spoof with their lo- like their location. So it's, it's pretty scary that, like, people can actually use this with harmful intent to, like, get what they want from you and you might just think it's somebody that you should trust because like in his case he thought oh well it's the doctor's office or oh it's the lawyer like the it's it's just so crazy like how many different things people can use this for and it's kind of scary and I don't think it should be allowed (laughs) yeah um I did look it up because they talk about it if you watch court tv or any documentaries on this case which there are plenty you can find they do use the word spoofing, and they do talk about it. It's also in the book. I did read the book. So I wanted to know exactly what it was, and this is what I found. Yeah. Um, they do say that it's not illegal, 
but it's not legal. Like, it's not illegal if you're doing it with no harm to intend any kind of damage. Mm-hmm. But I believe the way they were doing it should be yeah. illegal. Um, so it's kind of like circumstantial or whatever. Yeah. So it says that um, you can com- file a complaint with the FCC if you feel like you've ever been spoofed. Um, the telemarketer faces a record, the FCC fine, of $225 million for transmitting approximately 1 billion robocalls. Many of them are illegally spoofed to sell a short-term, limited-duration health insurance plan. The robocalls falsely claim to offer health insurance plans from a well-known health insurance company. So, I mean, that tells you how big the yeah, scam can be that's right there. crazy. Look out, people. So, not only did she get her ex-lover to do this, she got her mama involved, okay? So, Rhonda Mohammed, well, you can watch her testimony on Court TV or YouTube. She painted Mike as this bad guy. She's up there crying on the stage, saying she never liked him, um, that she had bad vibes. Um, Mike bought boxy tickets for Dahlia's grandpa. Uh, her dad because he'd never been to a game before and he wanted to see his so she he took him to his first first baseball game in box seats those can't be cheap no so i don't understand like how she just thought he was like this horrible bad guy um but it's more upsetting to her i guess that she didn't see her daughter as much you know, so she claims she didn't like Mike because of that. They were always in a rush, coming and going, doing this, doing that. Again, is it because her daughter moved on with a man? And her time does get taken away from hanging out with your mom as much. So was she just, was that like a personal attack? Yeah. Like a jealousy thing? Maybe she like held resentment for that. Yeah, so that was just kind of some of my thoughts that I was getting off yeah. of it. Also, I feel like... When she's in court, she's just trying to do anything to, like, help get her daughter out of this. So I think by, like, doing anything to try and paint Mike as a bad guy, she probably in her brain thinks, like, okay, well, if I convince these people that he's horrible, then maybe, like, it'll help Dahlia in the end. But, yeah. Yeah, and like I said, her mom was involved. They She got someone from her work. They paid him $500, just some guy that nobody knew, to take over the files. Walk up to Mike, ask him for the files, take it, say, sorry, I haven't been in touch. We've been super busy. Walk away. Dahlia says, once they get the paperwork, throw it away. I don't give a shit what you do with it. It's not real. Like, So Dahlia's mom hired that guy. So clearly she knows her daughter's kind of sketchy. She knows her daughter's in the escort service world. So it's not all, you know, rainbows and butterflies with her daughter. Yeah. So that kind of, you know, bothered me a little bit. Um, but I don't know for sure because I didn't see a lot through the trials if her mom had caught in any trouble for it in the book they talk about it. Mm-hmm. But they never did say, like, 
if she got in trouble for it or like but clearly they know she did it because it's in the books yeah yeah at least it's like a known thing i don't yeah i don't necessarily know if she got in trouble for anything but she should have in my opinion I mean, it probably wasn't really that illegal but yeah she knows her daughter's shady that's the point i'm trying to get to. <laughs> yeah so, mike isn't a horrible horrible but right her daughter's obviously did her share i mean yeah yeah we I, are <laughs> right exactly so Bachelor number two, come on down. <laughs> now we have Mohammed Shahad. Uh, Mohammed is just another player in Dahlia's world of schemes. After having a sexual relationship with him as well, Dahlia met him at his convenience store in a Riviera Beach. Um, he owned a few convenience stores down there. That was kind of like a front, probably the other things that he was doing, but... She asked him there if anyone knew, if he knew anyone that could kill her husband. He told her to keep her voice down because who knows who was listening. This made her get louder because, again, Dahlia is, you know, immature and... We're gathering that she has uh, quite the temper. <laughs> apparently does not like to be told what to do. Right. Um, so then a member of the Buckwild Gang, which is an extremely violent gang, and they involve themselves with things such as drug dealing, extortion, destruction, and, well, murder. <laughs> Must be her lucky day. Yeah. So this member said he would do it. Mohammed and his cousin were trying to convince Dahlia not to do that, but Dahlia offered them $30,000 and or a car like Mohammed's Range Rover to do the job. Yes, she bought him Mohammed a Range Rover as well. Nice. Ultimately, called off the gang member um, with the hit. Some of the some of the stolen money from Mike um, bought Mohammed the forty thousand dollar Range Rover that he's driving. So <laughs> you get a Rover. You get a Rover. <laughs> I know she's Oprah with there. these Rovers. <laughs> um, who is her sales guy? <laughs> right. Um, in this exchange, to have him link her to the hitman that she would use to kill her husband. Only problem, Mohammed decided to grow a conscience. Thanks, Mohammed, you're quite the hero. Psych. <laughs> so let's talk about the rover. Um, are you still sporting that? Are you still driving it? Did you give it back to Mike? No, I didn't think so. So you don't feel too bad. Right. But... He did a little something. He did something good, but like that doesn't excuse uh, everything else. I mean, I guess you saved the guy's life. Yeah. Um, That's like his pat on the back. He's like, okay, I went to the police. I get to keep my rover. Yeah, there is one um, in the one of the videos of the trial. or I don't know if it was a trial, but it was a video of Mike. Maybe it was 2020. And they asked him, what do you think about Mohammed? And he's like, you know, yeah, he saved my life. But, I mean, he also banged my wife, so I guess we're even. <laughs> He's like, I feel kind of neutral about him. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, she asked Mohammed to hire a hitman. <clears throat> and, like you said, he went to the police and told them. So, they kind of devised a plan, and they inserted a hidden camera into his car and had him set up, like, a second meeting with Dahlia just to get definitive proof of her intentions to have her husband killed. And, oh, did they get it. They got it. Um, she was caught on film handing over a photo of Michael, a photo of the house, and a $3,000 down payment for the assassination. 
The authorities then had more than enough evidence to arrest Dahlia right then, but, you know, just to further capture her intent and to really make the charges 100% viable, police set up a second meeting with an undercover cop who was named Whitey Jean, posing as a hitman to meet with Dahlia. Now, the meeting in the car with the hitman cop is all online and, like, available to watch. Dahlia, you see in the long conversation, is heard saying things like, how soon can we get everything done? He says he could get it done Wednesday morning at the house, and he kind of basically just walks her through all the procedures and precautions that he has to take before killing him. Um, You know, things like scoping out the area, calling cops and reporting a shooting in the area just to see how fast that they can get there, his points of exit and entry, um, and he says he'll break a couple of windows and make it look like a robbery gone bad. So basically, he's just making it sound really legit to her that he's taking it seriously, like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a real hitman and I'm going to do this. And Dahlia point blank says to him, there's no changing my mind. I'm determined already. I'm, posit- I'm positive, like 5,000% sure. You'll hear that quite a bit through um, a lot of interviews. and Yeah. A lot of people, uh, they liked mocking that. Her. I'm like 5,000% sure that I want you to kill my husband. I, like not, a hun- not 100%, 5,000. <laughs> she then proceeds to go over to Michael's. She like goes over his typical schedule, I guess, with this hitman. She tells him that around 6.30 or 7 o'clock in the morning, he always walks the dog and explains where he walks and that their door is always unlocked at that time. So the undercover cop hitman says he will be there in the house by 6.30 a.m. Wednesday morning. And she agrees to this. You can hear her agree to it. And they agree that at 6 o'clock she will go to the gym um, something kind of interesting I noticed when I was watching these videos of like her in his car, she looks directly into where the camera is multiple times. Like it looks like she knows the camera is there and it looks like she's looking at us. But later it was like said that all she was seeing was just a tiny hole that was cut into the car material. So I guess it was just a coincidence, but it was super weird. Like how she just kept like looking right directly at where it would be. Um, so after the meeting with the hitman, Dahlia gets out of the car and she's under the impression that her husband is all set to be murdered in two days. So on that Wednesday, she followed the schedule uh, that she set up with this hitman and she went to the gym at 5.43 a.m., just like he said, um, which actually... Michael found odd, we later hear, because she wouldn't normally leave that early for the gym. And Michael was actually feeling sick that morning, so he just basically didn't, you know, he didn't care too much to ask. um, Because he was just like, okay, bye, I I don't feel good, um, and I just want to be, you know, left alone. And there's also, like, with him being sick, there is a rumor, um, it was not mentioned in court, that Dahlia actually had tried to poisoned him with antifreeze before like a few days before she had set up this whole hitman thing um and that's why he was feeling sick and she like obviously it failed so that's why she went to the hitman um and muhammad mentioned this in court but they could not talk about it in court because they all agreed apparently like between the lawyers and the judge 
that it would like kind of skew the jury's imp- imp- like impression of her, which I'm like, well, yeah, it would. <laughs> I mean, that's like kind of huge. I don't fully get why it's like, I guess, character defamation if they or defamation if they can't prove that she did that. But I feel like it should have been said. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. And just like how you were talking about the faked pregnancy that she had, that was also not allowed to be discussed in court either. So the jury wasn't hearing anything about the antifreeze or the fake faking of the pregnancy. Um, I don't know. I just feel like those are really important details that should have been included. Um, but I don't know. I don't know exactly all the rules of law, but... Yeah, I think the video is really, though what put the nail in the coffin for her, the 5,000%. Mm-hmm. There was an interview with one of the jurors, and she's like, that's what sold me. Yeah. You know, she didn't say I'm 100%. She's like, I'm like 5,000%. And um, and in the book, I don't think it, I don't know if it says it fully, but it does have a conversation when she is talking to the hitman. Um, she also gives him a picture, but it has her grandpa in it too. And she's like, make sure you cut him out, cut my grandpa out of the picture. And wipe my freaking prints off the picture too, will you? Oh. So there is a little bit more um, in the book. I don't, not a hundred percent sure if that was all in the video or mm-hmm. all in what conversations, but yeah, I didn't watch the entire video. It's super long. I think it was like I think her being in his car, they were in there for like hours. I'm pretty sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, just the evidence is as <laughs> clear as day there. Like 5,000%. Like 5,000% there. <laughs> so, good, yeah, Dahlia's, so it's Wednesday morning, and Dahlia's at the gym, just like they went over. But what she did not know was that the police then knocked on the door of her and Michael's home to give Michael, you know, the unfortunate news, like, that his wife was just casually hiring someone to murder him. <laughs> I feel like that must have been a rough moment for him. <laughs> Yeah, I can't imagine that. But they ended up driving Michael to the police station, you know, for his protection, but also, you know, f- to go along with the whole scheme that was happening. And police then called Dahlia an hour later. And they had created, like, this whole fake crime scene that she returned home to. Everything about the situation was fake, except for the live newscast that was filming the whole thing. And funny enough, it was actually for the popular show Cops. You know, bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do when they come for you? Okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. (laughs) So, despite the horrible, you know, crime that she was trying to commit, it's like pretty cool that you can actually watch all of this footage online like it's available to watch all of these different things like her arriving at the crime scene thinking that her husband had just been killed in the footage you see a cop telling dahlia that they got a disturbance report of gunshots at her home and that her husband michael had been killed and then dahlia like immediately starts breaking into a sob and seems extremely distraught over the situation shaking and frantically crying and asking questions Like, honestly, if I didn't know the situation, like, that she had hired a hitman, her reaction would have seemed very believable to me, to be honest. Like, I don't know. (laughs) But again, Nancy Grace, like, she, yeah, she makes fun of her a lot for it. Yeah. Because it did look believable, but 
they were saying that clearly there's no, no wet, wet tears. T- yeah. It was more of just a... Just like a trembling, screaming a little type situation. A type thing. Yeah. Espe- yeah, especially when she's in, like, the interrogation rooms in those videos. Then it's, like, even extra fake where it's like, okay, girl... But yeah, police then bring her into the station for questioning. Uh, they get there like 25 minutes later and she's in a room with an investigator asking her questions. And at this point, they're like still making her believe that he was murdered and that they're just trying to help her out, figure out might, who might have done it, asking her things like anyone you know who would want to hurt your husband. And Dahlia then says she like he's on probation and he goes and she goes on to like go over Michael's criminal history in like vivid detail and gives multiple reasons as to why someone might want him dead. She even names like a potential subject who like in reality had nothing to do with it and he was just a former business associate. Um, but yeah, she was just basically saying how he owed a lot of people a lot of money implying that we that he would have people go after him for the money that he owed. And after talking for a while, the investigator says that he's going to step out and ask the officers who were at the scene um, if the house was burglarized at all. So he leaves the room, and then he comes back 16 minutes later. Again, this is all online, available to watch if you're interested. Um, and yeah, we can try to post as much as we can on our Facebook page, too. Um, so anyways, he comes back and he's like, okay, the game's over with. Basically being like, cut the bullshit, we know what you did, we have a ton of evidence, your husband is alive, the hitman was an undercover cop, and you're going down. So at this point, you know, you'd think, okay, it's over, like they know. Nope, Dahlia still pretends like she has no idea what he's talking about saying she did nothing even after seeing the undercover cop like that she thought was a hitman. She starts crying, claiming her innocence, saying that she wants to talk to her husband. And the investigator is not having it. He's like, your husband doesn't want to see you. And like ultimately says he's giving her one last chance to fess up and, you know, talk to them about what actually happened. But she still acts like she did nothing and has no idea what he's talking about. He informs her that she is under arrest and will have a trial. And we kind of hear Mike from the outside of the room at one point, her husband Mike, and she keeps saying, like, come here, please, I didn't do anything, I want to talk to you. And he says, no, I heard you. (laughs) Yikes. (laughs) Like, (laughs) awkward. (laughs) After 15 minutes being placed in a cell to calm down, um, Dahlia's brought back into the interrogation room with two different officers. They seem to be a little more calm and maybe less confrontational with her than the first guy we see. Um, yeah, she sees the, she has seen the videos that they had on her at this point. She saw the undercover cop. Like, she's seeing all the evidence. And, like, with these officers, she still plays dumb with them. Like, girl. do it. Yeah. It wasn't me. Like, girl, give it up. You are caught. I kind of found it funny also when the officer was talking to her and he was like, well, you know, look at the bright side. Nobody was killed. Nobody was hurt at the end of the day. Because like, I feel like in her mind, she's like, oh, but yeah, that was my goal. I wanted him killed. And now I'm going to jail. So what is the bright side for me? I don't know. I thought that was just kind of funny. But um, once she got to jail, she decided to use her phone call 
And who did she call, you may ask? Her freaking husband that she just tried to have murdered, Mike. I Like, what? This girl is crazy. Like, I get mad when I'm, like, hear about this stuff. I'm like, why would you call him? Like, why would he answer? But he did. She asks him to go there and get her out of there. And he's just like, um, excuse me? Like, why would I do that? He's like, I heard and saw you plotting to murder me. And she still is saying, I know what you saw and what you heard. It's the same thing I saw and what I heard, but trust me, it's not true at all. (laughs) I love the voice. (laughs) That's me trying to impersonate her, and it's probably not great, but I'm sorry, but what? There's video evidence. Like, is she unstable? I feel like she's unstable. Because how would they fake that? I don't know. She's just totally gaslighting him there. This lady's just a piece of yeah, work. Yeah, I and mean, he even offered, like, hey, if you if you give me back my house that I put in your name just for safety reasons, I wasn't, like, giving it to you, I will help your mom. I will give her some money. I will take care of her. I will make sure, you know, obviously Dahlia must have been giving her something to help her mom out. Yeah. So he's like, okay, I'll take care of your mom. And she was just like, I'm not giving you the house back. Like, bitch, you're in jail for... You ain't gonna be living there for a few yes. years, lady. Like, just... It's kind of funny how, like, she doesn't think that anything bad is gonna happen to her. Like, she convinces herself. Because even when she was in the interrogation room with the two... The second pair of um, cops that were asking her questions, she was like, I just want to go home. Like, what do I have to do to go home? They're like, you're not going home. And she's like, but what do I have to do to get home? Like, like they're gonna... Oh, could you just do this and then we'll send you home? Yeah, she's like, well, there's things I want to tell you. But if I'm not going to get to go home, then I just want to talk to somebody else that can help me. Like, like you're not buying cover-up at a makeup station, girl. There is no, can I t- talk to your manager, Karen? You're going to go into prison. Like, this is not... Ay, ay, ay. This is serious business, and she's just, like, acting like it's nothing. She's just, oh, she is so entitled, and she infuriates me, to be honest. But, yeah, after that phone call with Mike, she then calls her mom, who, you know, seems to take her side and be understanding towards Dahlia. That phone call's a little bit different than the one with Mike. Um, Dahlia asks her mom to call Um, And she's also now, like, blaming Mike, saying, Mike did this to me. Like, seriously? Are you kidding? Yeah, and her mom's like, I told you not to be around him. I told you this. I told you that. And, you know, she's like, he's in my house. Like, get him out of my house. Right. Oh, my God. She she wants her mom to throw him out of, she's like, that's my house. The house that you, like, tricked him into having you sign over. I can't with this bitch. I can't. (laughs) So, Dahlia spent 20 months in jail before standing trial in April of 2011. Her defense was super bizarre. Like, they claimed that Michael DiPolito was a fan of reality TV, like, um, TV shows such as Big Brother, Jersey Shore, and the murder for hire plot was actually just a hoax they were claiming so he could get on television Um, they were trying to connect the dots to make this claim because of the show cops filming it, 
and both of them like having starred as guest roles on different crime shows. One in particular was on the show Burn Notice, um, where Mohammed was actually a guest star. And in this episode, someone tries to plot the murder and hire a hitman for their significant other. So like I get the direction that they were heading with it. But honestly, that, that theory is just such a long shot. Yeah, and she never said it at all from the time she got arrested to the time she was interrogated. That never got brought up at all until, like, I think her lawyers came up with it when she was already on trial. Right, because you would think in the investigation room when they're like, you're under arrest, that she'd be like, wait, wait, is this legit? Because I thought I was doing this and we did this. They would, she would tell them everything. This is just too... Yeah, and Mike Stanley took off or got cut off and Mohammed denied it. Everybody around her denied it. Yeah, it was just, it's too, too crazy to, for that to be true. So the verdict came a month later on May 13th. The jury only needed three hours for deliberation. Uh, She was indeed found guilty and her mother then gave a statement in court before the judge gave the like appropriate sentencing for the case. She states that she's sorry that this happened, but it did, and she does not support what happened. She says, in life we make mistakes, sometimes we deserve a second chance, that her daughter isn't dangerous, and asks the judge for mercy. Mm, I don't know, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> but I agree judge, with that. he, the first one, there was no mercy. Yeah. Um, if you watch the video and read the book, he says, like, you know what? You did the unthinkable, Mm -hmm. it was terrible, you know, I'm kind of watching you, and at some point, she was, like, laughing. Yeah. You know, and even Mike noticed it, like, when you were talking, he's like, like, she thinks this is funny, like. So entitled. He couldn't even go to see his dad's funeral, and some other things, Mike got stuck here, he couldn't go to see family, because he was stuck here here dealing with this right like he finally got off probation he was planning to go see them and see his dad and he passed away because now yeah like you said he has to stay here for all this crap and that didn't even need to happen she was just sitting there smug and laughing at some point and the the way the lawyers were treating him there's actually a scene on youtube you can find it it's called you know i think you're a parrot and it's kind yeah. of funny because they're going over the same. The lawyer for her was ridiculous. He had nothing. And he's just badgering him about your probation, your probation, you're doing this. And finally, Mike was just like, oh, my God, you sound like a freaking parrot. Like, <laughs> stop. Like, yeah. You know, they it was it was a circus. And but Mike did say, like, why am I the one up here? It makes it sound like I'm on trial. Like, I did something wrong. She tried to kill me. And I'm the one getting like the third degree. Like, yeah. He's the one, like, getting questioned and all this stuff. And he's like, are you serious? It's, yeah, it was a circus, like you said. (laughs) Yeah, even during Michael's victim impact statement that he made before the sentencing, he, like, goes on to say that when they met, you know, he was very in love and happy with her. And he thought that they had a very normal marriage. But in the end, he, like, he doesn't know this person sitting before him. And he doesn't understand how she has still not taken ownership over her actions this whole time and just coming up with excuses for it. Like he even said, um, you know, when I was in court for the telemarketing and fraud scheme, he's like, I owned up, I apologized, I said, I did this and it was wrong and I'm sorry and I want to be better in the future. 
And he's like, she's not even doing that. She's still saying she had nothing to do with it, even though there's literal video and audio evidence of it. So the sentencing comes and the judge ultimately gives 20 years in the Department of Corrections. Now, however, that didn't even last because the sentencing was thrown out a month later due to a technicality reason, like that the jury for her first trial was improperly selected so they tossed out the conviction and she was able to remain under house arrest at her mother's home for six years yeah she was not allowed to leave the house but i just yeah i think she should have been in jail her second trial then began in 2016 and at this point dahlia is still sticking to her story that she did not do it and that it was all part of a plan between her michael and muhammad to get famous Michael seems to be just like us, I think, astonished and just finds it almost humorous that she's just still claiming that that's the story. In an interview that Dahlia did with 2020, she says that she is just misunderstood and is actually a sweet and compassionate person. Whereas when Michael is asked to describe Dahlia, he, you know, says it a little differently. He says she's manipulative, conniving, and malicious. Lies, lies, and lies. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And her attorney, Brian Claypool, says that Dahlia is the victim in a fame-hungry loop between Michael and the police department, who apparently just want fame from this all. Which still, I just, I roll my eyes at. Her and her lawyers also claim that she only kept up the act of going through with the hitman because Mohammed threatened her with a gun saying he would hurt her family if she didn't do it. Like, I don't know, in my opinion, the whole 2020 interview with her and her lawyer is honestly just, like, crazy and ridiculous, and the fact that they're even going with that story and that some people actually believe it, it just kind of boggles my mind. I think that if the situation were true, she would have told investigators that day that Mohammed had threatened her at gunpoint to be on camera to hire this fake hitman and that it was all just a hoax for a YouTube video. Like, it's just too far-fetched. <laughs> it's just crazy that they're, they're I reaching. I told you, you can't make this shit up. <laughs> exactly. They're reaching too far. So the final verdict came back on July 21st of 2017 as guilty for solicitation of first degree murder and she was sentenced to 16 years in prison. She was not given the possibility of parole and her release date is set for August 24th, 2032. Um, She'll be 50 years old when she does get released and her appeal that she and her team of lawyers was you know, trying to get, um, was rejected by the Supreme Court in September of 2019. And she's currently being held at the Loa Correctional Institution in Gainesville, Florida. And she's expected to stay there, I guess, until the day of her release. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's a wild ride that Dahlia has taken us all on. Which sucks that she's gonna be 50 years old when she gets out. That's still that's still a lot pretty of young. Mm-hmm. I know, but I hope she doesn't go after Michael with like. Oh, I'm sure there's still going to be issues, stipulations. Because even when she was on house arrest, she couldn't go to the Starbucks that he used. She couldn't go to the gym. They basically that's why she could not leave her house or backyard. It's like as far as she was allowed yeah. to go. And they had a GPS on it that obviously tells you exactly where. 
She goes, if she did go to one of those places, she was immediately going right back to jail. Like, Dang. No questions. Yeah. Hopefully so I'm they... sure they'll put some kind of straining order on her. Yeah. And... I really hope they do. For I'm, I'm sure he will, even if they don't. And he's remarried with a new family now, and I feel like, you know, his new wife will be like, try me. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know how she is. But, you <laughs> try <know>. me. <laughs> um, but the update... So, Dahlia today, um, she says they're still fighting. Claypool said they are on a plan to file an emotion or file a motion to the federal judge asking the judge to review the third trial for a con- constitutional violations against Dahlia DiPolato. So, we have one last chance to get Dahlia a new trial. We haven't given up hope. Like, how many does she need? Like, I know. Seriously. She's had enough. I've had enough. <laughs> While serving out of prison sentence, she has been leading a Bible study group behind the bars, Claypool says. And apparently she's very respected and people are, they respect her faith and that she found Jesus. And I guess she's well liked. Um, hopefully she's changed, but whatever. <laughs> He added that she still gets to see her young son, who is four years old, and that grandma is taken care of in the meantime. Um, She claims it's very painful to be in jail and not be around her son. Um, It breaks her heart, Claypool said. Dial truly misses the fact that she cannot be around her son son more. Which, I'm sorry, I mean, maybe accidents happen, whatever. But if you know there's a chance that you're going to prison, I don't know why you would start a family. Yeah. Like, okay, you may go to prison for two years or whatever. But she knew she had a hefty one coming if she oh, lost. Yeah. So I don't understand. Yeah, because she was on house arrest at the time that she got pregnant with him. Like, I think I mean, How do you meet him? Is it like a cousin? I mean... <laughs> okay mom leave the house (laughs) I don't know but like yeah I just feel like why I think she was still in her mind thinking she was gonna get out of it somehow because she was so I don't know I don't get it but I I don't want to say naive but yeah (laughs) so um Mike Stanley he had no charges placed on him um but however Sadly, he did pass away um, since all this happened. And then Mohammed, during the court, Mohammed testified that Dahlia told him she tried to poison her husband and wanted a hitman and had his gun. And he was not charged with anything in the DiBolato case. However, he has been charged with new charges, not anything to do with this case, but for stalking his now ex-wife and sending a large amount of threatening texts and phone calls to her. Um, Mike DiBolato, he was in an interview, and he came out to the public with the fact that he had found love again and was with another woman named Gloria. The couple met at a restaurant and soon fell in love, and the couple are now engaged. He seems to be be very committed um, to his real estate company and Atlantic Florida Properties. he claims to have over 15 years of experience in the industry and seems to be committed to making his business grow. In any case, Mike DiPolato seems to be looking forward and leaving his past behind him. 
good luck, buddy. I hope they don't call you insane. You're going back for another trial. I know. Her Her team's trying, so I don't think it'll happen, but who knows. Um, A lot of our information I got from the book is called Poison Candy, and it is by Elizabeth Parker, and I find it to be a very fascinating book. Um, It was a quick read. I... I giggled to myself, not that it's a comedy, but just out of the pure circus fuckery of this book. Like, (laughs) it was just, again, I've said it already, you can't make up the stuff that you read and hear, and I just, so, but yes, it was a very entertaining book. Um, There's a lot more information in the book than me and Crystal obviously put out here, you know, within our hour time but so check it out you can get it on audible you can get it you know amazon probably anywhere books are sold um there's also if you go online 2020 youtube court tv dolly dipolato she's all over it it doesn't take much to find different videos and they're quite entertaining you'll probably hear some stuff that we did not cover Again, a lot of information to shove all in one. But um, I actually kind of had fun covering the story. Okay, it shouldn't be a fun story. <laughs> but just the, the nonsense of As it. As like an audience, audience member? I don't know if that's how we would put it. I don't know. Just like hearing about it, it's like, whoa. Like this. These are people's lives? Yeah. My life's so boring compared to this, which I'm thankful for. I'm not asking for anything like this to happen, but... I mean, I don't... You know, she was an escort girl, whatever, teach your own, not my thing. Mm-hmm. But she was making money. She was doing her thing. I don't know why she had to take it next level yeah. to kill him. She got money Clearly, hungry. Clearly, she was good at getting people to give her money and do things for her. She seriously could have walked away and would have been just fine. She claims he would have took her, you know, to the cleaners, but I don't really buy that 100%. No, me neither. He already had the condo before he met her. He was already kind of established. He had money in the bank. He was fixing his life. He was, like, her perfect target. And she had no ounce of remorse, like, while she was ordering the hit out on him and afterwards. Like, she... I don't know if she's a sociopath or what it is with her, but like narcissistic, yeah, gaslighter, gaslighter, yep, all all of the above, I think, because it's just wild that somebody would do that to somebody else. But I wish Mike the best. Hopefully, yes, him and his new wife. Hopefully, they're on a happy, healthy, uh, non-drama future. If it was me, I probably would have gave Dahlia a little bit longer time, but I I guess nobody did die, but still you tried. Mm -hmm. The intent. But thank you guys for listening and sticking around for another episode. Yes, thank you so much. Uh, Uh, Don't forget... (laughs) Go, 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 go! (laughs) Okay! Don't forget to check us out on horrorwineandcrime.com and Insta and Facebook and all the regulars. Yes, yes, check us out and stay tuned for next week. Oh, real quick, I'm sorry, oh, I do this all the time, but I just want to state real quick, I did go to Motor City's yeah. Motor City Nightmare last week, and we did meet Courtney Gaines. There are pictures up on the Facebook and Instagram. He was so nice. 
He, you know, we talked to him about some of the the stuff that we found on him from the show last week. I told him about the show, and um, it was a good time. I also got me a super cute bracelet by Nerdy Robots that I two ladies were hosting. Um, their information is also on my Facebook, but they are Nerdy Robots got jewelry and they make horror bracelets i got me a shining one that says like red rum and um the room 237 and it has like the baseball bat and everything's shining on it they look is, super cool and it's like one of my favorite horror movies so i was super excited they were super fun um so if you like horror jewelry please check them out yes um you can always email me and i can you the stuff or again look for their link on our page i did post a picture of the business card in the link so check it out and um, thank you corny games for being so nice <laughs> and yeah that's it all right guys stay creepy he's got to go bye Ooh.